0: Good evening, everybody. Nice to see you all. What a excellent weekend it's been in in Torbay um, with the air show. Um, Gideon, I don't think Gideon was too 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 interested in it, was he? I don't think I saw much of the Red Arrows yesterday. Um, all Gideon did was go to the to the sea and back again, and then that was all just back and back 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 and forth. So thank goodness for Chloe yesterday, who helped out with that. But it's been a, a great weekend, has not it? And. Uh, Good, again, this evening to come round his word. I just wanted to read um, one of the verses we've, we've sung tonight. And it's just amazing words, isn't it? And we've, we've, probably, we've probably sung greatest day in history so many times. But verse 2 says this, really struck me just a minute ago. When I stand in that place, free at last, meeting face to face, I am yours and Jesus, you are mine. Isn't that amazing, isn't it? Jesus, you are mine. And when we go to heaven, we will be clothed in the the righteousness of Christ. All because of, we can round again tonight with the table. Again, for us, something to to think about, but something for us to really take to heart this evening, that we will be free at last, free from the bondage of sin, um, because Christ has died, as as Peter um, brought to us this morning. So we're looking at um, Exodus chapter 2. This evening it won't be too long. I'm sure many of us are tired from being in the sun. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we started our um, study in, in Exodus. Um, and suddenly in these first few chapters, we see a completely different picture um, from the end of, of, of Genesis with, with, um, with Joseph and his brothers. Um, and David Cole, a couple of weeks ago, brought to us chapter 1 which showed the oppression that was being faced by the, by the Hebrews, and ended on verse 22, which said, Then Pharaoh gave this order to his people, Every Hebrew, Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but every girl um, every girl, live. So now we come to Exodus chapter 2 this evening. So it should be on the, uh, on the screen, but if you've got your Bibles in front of you, great. If you could have those open and we can read that. So Exodus... Chapter 2, looking at verses 1 to 10 this evening. Really well-known um, verses from God's Word. Now, a man from the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to her son. When she saw that his, he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This one... and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Let's pray again. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you um, for the, the beautiful sunshine and everything that we can enjoy. Um, time with maybe time with family and, and time with friends. But we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we just pray, Lord, as we meet this evening, we'll be maybe challenged or encouraged by your word, encouraged um, by what you have to say. Lord, I pray for myself that I won't speak my words, that, that your words will come out of my mouth, and that I, will, I too will be challenged and encouraged by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're going to look at um, just three points tonight. Um, faith, salvation, and different. Different. Okay, so the first one, faith, looking at verses 1 to 3. Let's read that again. So Moses was tending the flock. No, sorry, wrong chapter. <laughs> um, now, a man of the tribe of, 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 a, of a Levite married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood a distance to see what would happen. So the first one, really, just looking at at faith. So Moses' parents hid him for three months when hearing the decree of Pharaoh. And I just think of what I would have done With Gideon, or the next one that's coming along the way, living in in this situation that I can really hardly imagine, um, and even putting my own child into a basket, you know, I, I can't imagine actually doing that. But Hebrews 11 tells us that by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So the dictionary definition of faith. Is belief in or devotion to or trust in some what, somebody or something, especially without logical proof. So it also defines faith as a belief in or a devotion to God. A belief in or a devotion to God. So Moses' parents hid him not knowing what would happen in the future. You know, we see the whole picture as we've got his word in front of us, but they didn't know the future but they trusted placed them in the basket not knowing what the future held so maybe that's an example for us isn't it example for for the way we live our lives how much do we put our trust in god how much do we put our faith in god not knowing the future and none of us know the future none of us know what will happen tonight or tomorrow morning you know some of us know what we're going to do maybe go to work or whatever but you know, we don't know when the Lord will return. So maybe an example of faith for us. The same chapter defines faith as confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith is not blind in this chapter, Hebrews 11. Faith is assurance. It's, it's not just a, a no-so. It's also a, a, hope, a hope. We have a hope in In Jesus Christ. There's so much in this Hebrews chapter 11 about about faith. Verse 7 goes on. And without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must first believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Reward those who earnestly seek him. Do we earnestly seek him in our lives? do we earnestly seek him through god's word do we read his word daily we need to have faith to please god but we do doubt do we doubt does everyone doubt in this room <laughs> our faith does falter doesn't it our faith does falter it's so easy to forget god's presence when we're going through challenging times or difficult difficult things in our lives It's hard always to to trust in God when he's always there. But in our humanness, we do fail in in our faith. However, God does bless those who are faithful and obedient to him. So two examples, one in in Luke chapter 7, Jesus is engaged in a dialogue with a woman when he gives us a glimpse of why faith is so rewarding. He says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The woman believed in Jesus Christ by faith, and he rewarded her for it. But faith also sustains us to the end, knowing that by faith we will be in heaven with God for eternity. 1 Peter 1 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. On this, uh, on this passage, Warren Wiersbe, a, comment, uh, a commentator on, on the Bible, says this. Note that the joy he produces is unspeakable and full of glory. The joy is so deep and so wonderful that we cannot ex- even express it. Words fail us. Is that true for us? Do words fail? We just don't know how to thank God sometimes, do we? And sometimes it's, it is a time where we listen. Are we, are we easy, easy to talk? And, you know, we don't always listen, do we? But it's a time to listen to God as well. But words fail, fail us. But maybe there is a leap of faith this week. Maybe a leap of faith to spread... Your, your, your faith to speak to someone that you're a bit nervous about speaking to about Jesus Christ. So maybe there is a leap of faith to take this week. Maybe something you haven't done before. And all we can do is trust in God. All we can do is trust in God. Have faith in God and he will reward you abundantly. Let God work in your heart and life by faith. So you keep your finger in, in um, Exodus. Let's We'll look at a passage in, in Ephesians quickly. Galatians. Ephesians chapter 3. This is, this is Paul's prayer for the, um, for the Ephesian church. Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with, to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is in work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So he can do immeasurably more that we can ask or imagine. But remembering most importantly, to him be the glory. It's not our glory. It's not for us. It's to him be the glory. Okay, so that's um, the first point, looking at at faith. Uh, Second point, salvation. Verses four to nine in the passage. His sister stood at a distance to see um, what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants walking along, um, along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. So Moses was placed in a basket, a really well-known passage in the Bible, a really well-known Sunday school um, lesson. Um, So placed it in the Nile in a basket and saved by Pharaoh's daughter but really an amazing glimpse of salvation. We, and we've come a, a, again around the table tonight to, to think about that. And the word basket in Hebrew is tebah, spelt T-E-B-A-H. And it's the same word used for ark in Noah's ark, another really well-known story or account in the Bible. Again, many of us have, have learnt these stories in, in, in Sunday school. But the two, the two arcs, Noah and Moses, very different, very different sizes. One was made of reeds from the Nile, and the ark was made of, of cypress wood. But one thing they have in common is they are both covered in pitch or tar to keep them from sinking. But more importantly, both arcs represent the same thing, God's means of, of, of saving humanity. Noah's Ark saved a righteous fam- family from God's judgment on hum- humanity. Moses' Ark saved the-, saved the man who would lead a nation to safety after God's judgment on Egypt. So both arcs are about salvation, saving those God loves. And again, Steve's come back to this this evening about the word love. So both arcs are about God saving those he loves. So Noah's Ark and, this, and the basket in, in this passage this evening are life preservers for everyone on board, but leading to the ultimate Ark, the cross of Jesus Christ. The ultimate Ark, the cross of Jesus Christ. Now in, in Matthew's Gospel, Herod tries to kill the infant Jesus. And in Exodus... Pharaoh tried to kill the infant Moses. Moses frees his people at Passover, and Jesus is God's Passover lamb. So the only means of salvation is through Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb. Romans 5 reminds us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And having been justified by his blood, We shall be saved from wrath through him. Such well known passages, but how many times do we come back to them? How many times do we really take to heart what these mean for each one of us? That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians tells us in him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, the riches of his grace. So the only means of salvation is through Jesus Christ. So really just a, a very quick glimpse onto on salvation. So we've looked at faith, we looked at salvation. are whizzing through this tonight. Um, the next one is about being different. Looking at verse 10 this evening in the passage. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, she named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. So the passage this evening ends with Moses being taken as Pharaoh's daughter, being named Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. I was really thinking about this um, last verse for, for quite some time, really, um, and thinking how we can a- apply it to us. But as Christians, we are called to be drawn out aren't we drawn out from the world to be different from the world to make a stand for christ the bible calls christians to be salt and light in that in a dark world matthew 5 says this matthew 5 13 to 16 you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how will it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything So that they may see your good deeds, the deeds we're doing for Christ, but not for us to get the praise, to praise your Father in heaven. So Christians are to be distinct from the world. 1 Peter 2 says this, but we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So think about the water tonight, being drawn out from the water, maybe drawn out from the world. Do you dare to be different? Do you want to be in, in the water, in, in the world? Is there a pull to being in that water, in the world? Or do you, want to be, do you want to dare to be different? Do you want to be seen to be different? Do you want to be like Christ? To be salt and light in a, in a dark world, to, to be a royal priesthood, to be a holy nation, a holy nation set apart for God. Following God is, becoming, is about becoming more like Christ. So, how are we different? How, how do we be different? How do we be drawn out of the water, be drawn from the world? Just three, th- three things under this very quickly. One is to be be a stranger on earth. There's several passages that, that refer to this. Psalm 119 says, I am a stranger on earth. Hebrews describes the people of faith in chapter 11, and they are referred to as strangers and foreigners on earth. Paul said in 1 Peter 17, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. We are called to be different from those around us. Do we want to be like the world? Or do we want to make a stand to be like Christ? To stand for his word? We see many Christians across, this, across the world. Who are doing this. And putting their very lives in danger. And some of, them, some of them are losing their lives. For Christ. Live out your life as foreigners here. In reverent fear. So one is, is be a stranger on earth. Number two, live differently. Paul says in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, let us not be like others. We are to be children of light, to live different from the, what, what the world expects us. Do we do that? Do we do that in our, in our family lives? Do we do that in our working lives? To be children of the light. Do we live differently from what the world expects us? to love our neighbours as ourselves, to to live a life of respect, to be kind to everyone, to go out the way for people, to not just be a, a me, me, me culture, but to think of others above ourselves. So be a stranger on earth, live differently, and speak differently. A very difficult thing to do. Moses, in a couple of chapters time, speaks for God, Before pharaoh to let the people of egypt go but like pharaoh maybe today like pharaoh people don't always want to listen to god's word people may people may be oblivious to it may be too busy to listen don't care but it takes courage for us to speak up for god doesn't it It takes courage for, for us to speak god's word Jeremiah spoke up for God, even though he was threatened with death. And he says this, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city all the things you have heard. Now reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent and not bring disaster he has pronounced against you. As for me, I am in your hands. Do with me whatever you think is good and right. Be assured, however, that if you put me to death, you will build you will bring the guilt of innocent blood on yourselves and on this city and on those who live in it, for in the truth the Lord has sent me to you to speak these words in your hearing. So Jeremiah was willing to pay the ultimate price to stay true to God. Now are we like that? Are we willing to pay the ultimate price? Maybe not so much death in this country, but maybe ridicule or anything else that we can be treated. But are we willing to be to, to stay true to God? And we do, and we will face opposition. But Jesus told his disciples, "In the world you have will have trouble." But Jesus continues, "Take heart. I have overcome the world." We are on the Lord's side. We are on the the side of victory. So, really thinking. In conclusion, got one minute. In, in conclusion, um, so, so I suppose thinking about this water and being drawn out. Are you standing on the edge of that water tonight? Which way are you facing? Are you facing towards the the water, towards the world, or have you got your back to that and facing? towards christ are you being pulled to the water are you or are you drawn out from the water drawn out from the world making a stand for jesus christ are you willing to be obedient to him in the hard times in the good times in the times of opposition are you willing to be obedient to him do you dare to be different to be a stranger in this land. To say things that go, go against this world. Against the values of this world. Are you willing to speak for him? So in, in conclusion. There's a, a song I've been listening to um, this week. Some of you may, may know it. And I always speak as if I'm, gonna, I feel like I'm singing it. So I'll try not to sing it. but um, It goes like this. It says, here we are. Standing on the edge of something new. Lead us on further than we've ever been before. With hands held high, be glorified. Our hearts now cry. We are living for the glory of the Lord. Hearts are open wide. We're ready for you. There's nothing we want more. You're all that we adore. Jesus, here we are, ready for you. Are you ready for him tonight? Let's pray.